Hey guys, it's Michelle Collins. Welcome to the Michelle Collins Show. It's my show and I'm thrilled you're here. We're going to be bringing you episodes every single week with different co-hosts, the same usual nonsense, off-the-cuff humor, news, advice, pop culture. I know it's a novel concept for a podcast, but what can I say? I'm an innovator. That's what I do. You'll be getting episodes every week, but if you want to hear daily episodes, you can head over to my Patreon. That's www.patreon.com slash Mishkal, M-I-C-H-C-O-L-L. I have co-hosts every single day. It's funny. It's loose. It's authentic. I do weekly episodes with my mother. If you're curious as to how someone is made this way, I highly recommend tuning into those and some video content as well, which is exciting. I'm off to contour, but I want you to enjoy this episode. It's fabulous. We adore you and we look forward to seeing you over on the Patreon. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Forever. Dog. And we're back. It's Midnight Lovely. Snack. Our guest this week has been so far wonderful and just don't fuck it up. His name is Nish Kumar. <laughs> He's um, a very well-known, very hilarious host in England. Um, he has a show called The Mash Report on BBC Two, which congratulations, by the way, to work for the BBC. What an honor, honestly. Thank you. It's so funny and it's lovely to speak to Americans about the BBC because um, it is so wildly disrespected in Britain. Is it really? Like, oh, my God. Yeah. I I, I mean, there, there is I, I think there's a very real danger that it won't exist in the form that it's existed in um, for much longer. Um, what? It's. Yeah, it's really weird. It's it, because it's a public broadcaster, so everybody in the country has to sort of pay a license fee, and that money gets put into a pool and then distributed to make news programs, which is obviously the most important part of its remit. But also, you know, entertainment programs and comedy programs and all the, yeah. you know, a lot so much of the British comedy that has travelled so well, of like Monty Python and The Office, all sort of originated on. Um, 
on the BBC. And but it's it, it's it's so funny the discrepancy between how people see it abroad and how people see it here. Here, everyone's like, "This is you know communist nonsense," and people just get really angry about it and they're like, "How dare you!" And then you go abroad and everyone's like. Man, it must be amazing. People must be so proud of the BBC. <laughs> like, but that's so English to put you down angry. for something that's cool. You know what I mean? Like, it's of mad. course they're going to shit on it because it's yeah. actually nice. It's mad. Like, yeah. I, 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 a few years ago, Boris Johnson, before he was, pro- I think before he was prime minister, said something about how the BBC needs to, like, produce programs more like Mad Men and Breaking Bad. He specifically cited a couple. And it's yeah. like, those are made by AMC and HBO, both of whom have funding models exactly like the BBC, like subscription, yeah, exactly. subscription service, and that they don't have any sort of commercial imperatives because they have the sort of subscriber base. And so you're like, but it's it's wild. It would blow people's minds, I think, if you followed how the BBC is covered by the right-wing press uh, in this country. You know, you you talk a lot, and I, I didn't even mention that you also have a Quibi show called Hello America, which we'll talk about too, but um, the right-wing press here in the States, at least, we have, like, Fox News is obviously the yeah. uh, the devil, right, for a yeah. long time. I'm not proud, Nish. I just want to get everything out there so, like, you know, everything about me. Back when I first started doing things on camera, um, they saw a lady with a big square jaw and a tree trunk neck, and they said, get her on camera. And I said, I'll do it. And that's really how I kickstarted my career. Thank you for laughing. Um, but back, this was 2007, I think. Fox News yeah. was like, oh, come on our network. Right. And they were conservative, but not state-run media at that yeah, point. Yeah, right, 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 yeah. And I used to go on this comedy show, I'm air quoting for the listeners at home, um, that wasn't really very funny, but I stopped doing it. I want to say in 2009 because politically I couldn't align anymore. I said, I can't, right, I, yeah. can't I can't live with myself doing the show and I stopped, yeah, stopped yeah. doing it. And it feels like really ever since I left. No, it feels like in the past like five or six, well, like, seven years. Like, John Stewart used to go on the Bill O'Reilly program on Fox and stuff. Yeah, like, there but was to a different, fight with him. That was, you know. To fight with him. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yes, yeah, oh, yeah. And I, John Stewart, I do. I'm like but in I, love with him. But you but can't yeah. imagine... If the, the current iteration of Fox even giving someone like Stuart airtime now, even if even if the airtime right. was adversarial between him and the presenter, you can't even see a reality in which that would now happen. Yeah. I don't know if that's true. I think that certain ones, uh, because they want to always look like the bigger person and the smarter right, one, right, even right, though they're yeah. not. So I think they would just to like a Tucker Carlson, who, you know, is literal yeah, dog yeah. shit, oh would maybe God. have someone like that on. But weirdly now they're not even conservative enough for Trump. And yeah. so you have like this, uh, O-A-N-N oh or whatever my they're God. called, which that is, stuff is bonkers. It's like, like it QAnon is, has a news yeah. network basically. Yeah. It's absolutely astonishing when you disappear down the rabbit hole and of some of those, you know, basically the sort of like exactly what you say, like those QAnon news network websites. Yeah. And the fact that the idea that the president of America is like watching this stuff and sort of engaging with it, you're like, that is, that is terrifying. We're, we're fucked. It is, it is black mirror. <laughs> we're absolutely fucked. But anyway, enough about me. Um, why did I bring that up? Oh, I wanted to ask in England. See, that's what I mean when I say it's not as bad by you guys. Like you don't have an OANN yet. Hopefully no, never. that, well, no, we don't, but we do have what we have in this country is a, a sort of a, a not even just conservative, but like a quite like hard right stranglehold on print media. So in this country, we've got the Daily Mail, which is 
Fox News's drunk uncle. And, it, you know, it's more it's fun, sort of, more fun, more fun. More fu- yeah, yeah, more fun. more fun. Yeah. And the Daily Mail, like, obviously travels around the world because of the, the sort of celebrity stuff is a massive international export. But we've got that. We've also then got the Daily Telegraph, which is another conservative newspaper. Then we've got The Sun, which is a Murdoch-owned right-wing newspaper. And the, the Times is also another kind of Murdoch-owned conservative, maybe more towards the centre-right of newspaper. What you realise is that those newspapers are huge factor were a huge factor in brexit in terms of whipping up hostility to uh, immigrants and the sort of our membership of the european union that those newspapers had a huge influence especially when you consider that there's no real like counterbalancing to it and so yeah we like like with a lot of things the way we are fucked is like quieter and less sort of, there's less like fireworks it. to it. Like, I love it so much. Go on. <laughs> we're fucked. We're fucked like a Mike Lee movie. You know, it's oh. like, it's like, it's not like Independence Day. Like the <laughs> the buildings are not exploding, but it's a sadder, quieter. Clive Owen is jerking off into yeah. like a jar. Yeah, like it's yeah. something, it's like still fucked up. You're like, what? Like, I feel uncomfortable. <laughs> Why is he doing that? Yeah. Um, by the way, again, it's just, it's my kink episode. Everything I'm saying, I'm like, okay, check. Like need to mark my thoughts for later with Clive Owen doing that. But wait, um, and I forgot my thought because I started thinking about Clive Owen. Oh, about the Daily Mail. <laughs> I know what it was. The Daily Mail is so confusing. And by the way, they've actually, believe it or not, printed lies about me. I won't repeat, but they... That happened many years ago when I was on a big show here in America and they were putting straight up bullshit in there. And I thought I literally had this thought and you should sign out after I say this. I said, wow, like now I know how Jennifer Aniston feels, you know, (laughs) like having to open the tabloids or whatever and just see and I'm like nobody I'm a literal nobody so to have that happen to me I'm like how do celebrities even live their lives knowing that 90% if not more of what is out there is false it has to just be such a bad horrible feeling for them I know exactly what you mean because like uh, sort of a couple of times in the last uh 12 months there have been like some minor media scrums around me just in the UK and it is you do start to think like, man, it must be really tricky being Brad Pitt because people really just can print absolute horseshit about anything. <laughs> and wait, it's funny that you went to Brad and I went to Jen. Uh oh. I'm thinking about Brad a lot today because there's this like funny story that's been doing the rounds on Twitter. I don't know what any again, this is like a classic, possibly based on nothing, but he's like He's dating some girl who apparently is in an open. I, d- I don't. I'm oh, sure none what? of this is true. She's, she's a German like, model, 27. A, that's what I know. So, so there's this rumor that she's in like an open marriage. And so there's just been lots of funny wow. tweets and stuff about people going, imagine if you were here in an open marriage and the other person was seeing Brad Pitt. Like Brad that's Pitt. the worst case scenario in an open marriage. Yeah, that's like not even a hall pass. That's just like, that's a nuke aimed at the school, basically. That's just, uh, you're you're beyond fucked at that point. Oh, um, man. Wait, can we talk open marriages for a moment? And I'm happy you brought it up because uh, on at part one, I talked about how a lot of guys on Tinder are skiers. And it actually made me think that I've not lived a fulfilling life. I'm not even kidding you. I thought maybe I should become like, Cause I've just never been outdoorsy. I've always been cultural, yeah. you know? And I'm like, maybe I should be outdoorsy. I don't know. Like it just, I had a whole thing with myself this week. Like maybe I should just start mountain biking. I don't know. Um, it obviously won't happen, but 
Another thing I'm noticing on the apps a lot are a lot of men in open marriages. A lot. Right. And I can't decide if this has just always been this way, if it's been like from when my parents got married to whatever, or if this is like a new modern thing where couples have just agreed to stay together and like sleep with other people. I, number one, I don't know if I'm um, enlightened enough for that idea. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I was just watching The Vow on HBO. I don't know if you guys have that over there, but it's about this sex cult. I know you know about yeah. what it is. And I just, I can't wrap my mind around it. It doesn't, I'm not interested in that. Yeah. Do you have takes on this? Do you have any experiences or anything like this with open I, marriages? I've or- been in, I've been in a uh, boringly monogamous relationship. Yeah. With the same person for seven or eight years. And it's just, neither of us is like, interested in going down the road of the open i my thing with it is and i i'm very happy for anyone to live their life in any way that they that's you know it's very like not but my thing is always i always feel like one person really wants to do like but (laughs) always just anecdotally i've i'm i i i I very rarely come across something where it feels like both people are absolutely into the whole open marriage thing. It definitely feels like one person is and the other person is is the also there. Is, a, is like a rat in a cardigan <laughs> in bed going, okay, honey, like if it's like picture a literal like five foot tall rat in a little necklace going... Honey, if that's what you want, okay. Like, I'm not gonna, you know, little hands like knitting. Like, I'm not gonna argue with you. That's I just feel like I'm a lot of rat wives are about. agreeing to this. Yeah, that, I don't know why that came to mind. That's always my concern, and also like I'm, I'm always so wary. Anytime I hear a guy saying things like, "The thing is, men biologically uh, are actually," anytime I hear that, like, monogamy is actually not a natural state for men. Anytime I hear that, I'm like, wow. That is, you got as slippery a grasp of science as you do of your marriage vows, sir. I think it's, that it's is- a really fucked up thing. And it bothers me that there are so many of them as a single woman, like looking for, honestly, at this age, a relationship on Tinder, by the way. And you yeah. don't have to point out why I'm alone. I know. <laughs> You're like, well, maybe that's the first problem. But listen, it's hard nishy in quarantine. Like, how, you know what I mean? Where am I going? I can't go to bars. I can't go. Quarantine dating is it must be a real minefield. It hasn't really even happened. I mean, I I yeah. had. I'm not going to get into my personal life with you, but I'll tell you quickly is that, uh, you know, had a brief stint with someone from the past. You know, a, a lot of guys from the past have reached out actually, which I found really interesting. Like, wow, the desperation has become very heavy uh, a burden on you, hasn't it? To even have the gall after being treated like shit to text or message me. The wow. gall of that gall yeah. in the family, Mm-mm. not interested, <laughs> but there's no other options. Cause like really, you know, I don't, it's like the idea of even meeting someone for coffee, like to sit outside and have to order food. I, it makes, I'm having like the black swan feathers, like grow out of my shoulder blades <laughs> right now. Like it just, ugh, like I don't want to deal with it, but um, I also don't want to have like a singular coffin. So any advice for me to not be buried alone, Nish Kumar? I have my romantic history it was it's before i I, before my girlfriend and i got together my romantic history is i mean it is 
if it was posted on Wikipedia in its entirety, it would get that thing where it's like, this article needs more information. Like this is. I would donate $5 yeah, for that. Yeah, you're, I'd be yeah, like, get yeah, it yeah. together. I want this to is, know. This is a stub. This is a stub of an article. So I, I am in, uh, not in a, uh, luckily my girlfriend and I both had quite brief romantic histories beforehand. And I think part of uh, the success of our relationship, I partly attribute to the fact that both of us like had no real expectation of it that's going so well. That's so sweet though. But that's like, <laughs> but that's, I think that's so important to go in and kind of have rock bottom. There, there, you should have a new show on Quibi called Rock Bottom, rock bottom. Expectations. Just Everyone, rock bottom. Just rock bottom it and don't, uh, and just stay cool. It's like a, it's a romantic inner Annie's intervention for love where it's yeah. just people who are literally, I, I would be the first, I'd happily be your first guest. People who are just like fucking everything up and who have just the worst track record. You know what I mean? <laughs> and trying to get them together with someone who's also an absolute mess. <laughs> I would a hundred percent watch that show. I mean, that's most people on dating reality shows anyway, cause they're all kind of disgusting. England has the best Reality shows. Girl, uh, uh, listen, period. We it's we binge drinking, reality television. It's these are the things that we have really perfected. That's why Jazz, I'm going if, there. If jazz is the American <laughs> art form, reality television is the British art form. Like, By the way, there's a reason I connect with England, not just because I think I was um a, like a prince back like in a past life. Yeah, I believe I was English royalty. I, I'm sure you can tell. Um, <laughs> but the binge drinking in the TV, the the best. It's, it's it's what we do. It's and just humor. what we're good at. And humor. I know. Yeah, we do, you know, we do. Uh, we we definitely like we definitely punch above our weight in terms of the size of the country in the entertainment industry generally. Um, and that's something we should we should always be uh, we should always be proud of. Given the size, given how big we are as a country, and the amount of you know movie stars and so many real and also like oh. reality tv formats that we've just but what I'm, what's making me really happy particularly about um love island and love island's like popularity in the states is that it's fascinating seeing americans because like we you know i remember a few years ago when uh tina fey and amy poehler were doing were doing the golden globes and they made a joke about how british actors who when they first go to america all do the sort of same generic american accent yes. that they talk I, like this and i call it uh kate winsletting yeah that's she, right. in my Absolutely. opinion yeah 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 the worst american accent of any english actor <laughs> i'm sorry every movie she's in i hear her moving her lips like this it sounds like <laughs> someone hired a robot you know she has to think so hard to do it it's awful but go on but we we we've got like i guess like we sort of have a broad swathe of like a, some sense of like a Southern accent, some sense of like a Boston accent. Right. right. And so there's like, we get a loose sense of it, not really the actual nuance of it, but we've got a loose sense of it. But I really feel like for a lot of Americans, like in my age bracket, Love Island has really introduced the fact that there are like wildly varied there's a huge variation in British accents because I feel like people know that like like Scotland has it Scotland and you know Northern Ireland have uh, parts of the UK that have different accents but even within England oh yeah there are there there are let me name the ones I know Cornwall that's an accent yeah that's a kind Um, of the farmery accent yeah yeah uh 
Is there like a, a Brighton accent? Am I making that up? No, Brighton would be closer to closer to London, like in terms of just like sort of a broad, the way that I speak is sort of a broad, just like the South of England generic. But then isn't there like a Chelsea posh accent too? That I actually yeah, find then that impo- impossible to listen yeah. to. Yeah. Well, they, so the posh English accent is like, that's one of the ones that's hardest to, because also like they often, they're so rich, partly because they never spend any money on consonants. So like, it's just like this sort of like vowel, like, well, yeah, going to the blah, blah, blah. and it's like, it, like, you're just like, wow, I can't even keep, I don't even know where it's hard. It's, it feels like there were no gaps between any of these words. It's quite astonishing. I like, I like it for like two minutes, but when I'm in England and I know a lot of people there, so I'll meet, you know, whatever, yeah, kind yeah. of different, different folks. So I do hear, I couldn't tell you where they're from, but I can hear the difference in the dialects just having spent time there. And that posh one for me, even the the sing-songiness of it, there's like a melody to it almost yeah. that is like, I want to rip my eardrums out. It just sounds so... <laughs> It's so phony, actually, to my ear. I don't know how else to explain it. It just doesn't <laughs> flow for me, and I, and I can't. I couldn't get behind it. But I, I do love the culture very much, and I, I'm always fascinated by because I know how I feel about England and how Americans look at the English, but how English look at Americans, I've never felt when I go there. Um, I've never, how do I put this, been insulted or treated differently because I'm American there, you know, right, but I'm yeah. also like a kind person and I, yeah. I'm classy in that way. I'll go to France and yeah, yeah, they yeah. will, they're just horrible to Americans and I can sort of get it, but also I have no interest in literally ever going back to France for the rest of my life. And I've been a number of times, have never had a good time there, but the English and the French get along for the most part. No, 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 no. Maybe we've not. got our own thing with the French. We've sort of, we've it? got our own like simmering resentments with the French. Ooh, good name uh, for, for a podcast. That, like, yeah. Very good. Simmering if, resentments. Yeah. It would be, it would be a good person thing to do with a French comedian. Like it would be, a, it would be, we, we've got stuff that, you know, we're still holding grudges from the 15th century. You know, we're still like, we're still sort of moderate. We're still sort of, you know, we're we're still wound up by the Hundred Years' War. So like, there's a lot of like that sort of weird residual hostility left over. But we sort of, with America, we have a really interesting relationship because we sort of, uh, we sort of try and use contempt for you to cover our absolute terrifying awe and obsession with your country. So like, oh, it's is that it, true? Yeah, it, I, it, a lot of the like British sort of contempt for America is just like thinly veiled desperate love. Jealousy, like we, maybe. I, honestly, before I started doing this show, I truly and I, you know, I, I spent a bit of time in the states. I know Americans, but I truly did not realize that you guys did not know we call our re- trading relationship and we call our geopolitical relationship with America the special relationship and and it's only when we started doing hello america that i realized you do not know that that I've term never exists. heard that i never is, heard that it is some of the saddest shit i've ever honestly sad I for us tell you, or for you sad for us we've okay, been calling yeah. it the special relationship for for like as long as i've been alive you know they always talk about the special relationship they show that footage of um Reagan and Mrs. Thatcher dancing and then like Bush and Blair, you know, it's, we, we consider our relationship. I think it's really a term that sort of really since the second world war, I guess, is sort of something that's like, but certainly 
particularly since the 80s and Reagan and Thatcher, we you know referred to it as the special relationship, it's the special relationship. And I truly thought that Americans were at least aware that we were doing that. But in my life, I've never, and I consider myself like a through and through Anglophile. I have never heard that before. It, it was, honestly. it was, it was so funny because like we've got, uh, you know, we have American writers and American producers working with us on the show. And yeah. quite early on, we were talking about something and I said, you know, and this is a sort of, the, I think even at one point we were talking about calling the show, the special relationship. Oh my God. And, and honestly, it, was it sounds like, to me like the Catholic church scandal or something it was, like it, there's something really, <laughs> there's something like very sinister about it's like that secret, you know, like adult to kid or something. I don't know. Special relationship. It, it I don't was, love it. It was a heartbreaking day. I'm really to sorry, have to Nish. watch like the, the, you know, to have to watch like Hannah and Kima be like, I'm really sorry to tell you this. None of us know what the fuck that is. <laughs> <laughs> I, there, I like the name of it, but it does have, um, it does have like unlawful entry energy. Yeah. If you know that it reference definitely like, has where it, it's like, it, I feel strange. Like if a man kept calling it my, like a special relationship, I'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Tell us about your Quibi show. Hello America. New episodes out Monday and Friday. Um, Is it, I feel like we've kind of delved a little bit into what the energy of it is, but tell everybody why, what is it? Why are you doing it? Well, it's, it's basically an, uh, a a British perspective on what's going on uh, in America, just for, as an, as an outsider, what, how we feel, things are playing out with the election just because when they started talking to me about the show, just, I feel like since 2016, we've been in this sort of, you know, I don't, I don't know. Like basically we're in some sort of Thelma and Louise off the end of the cliff suicide pact. Yes. And so we wanted to do a show that uh, highlighted some of the um, things that our countries have had in common in the last four years. And also you know, look at ways in which we do very wildly, you know, because there are things that we have that would be incredibly useful for you guys to have. And like what kind of things? Nationalized healthcare. I can definitely, I can strongly recommend nationalized healthcare. But then there are also things that you guys don't have that we do have that it's, you know, is absolutely insane. Like, for example, you elect you're like, you know, the House of Representatives and your senators, you you elect them directly, whereas we have these two chambers of government. So one is the Houses of Parliament, which we elect our MPs and the Prime Minister is an MP that comes from one of the two parties and, you know, all this stuff. We also have a whole other chamber who have a say in the laws that get passed in the country called the House of Lords. And they're just rich people. The best, the best example, the best example I can give you of how fucked up this system is, is one of the people in the House of Lords is Andrew Lloyd Webber, right? Wait. Yes. Not that, not that cat face. Andrew Lloyd Webber. Anybody with that old cat face, I'll kill him. Yeah. And he is just, so basically, and he, he came back to vote a couple of years ago, they were voting on whether they should uh, decrease uh, benefit payments. So they should give less money to people who are on welfare. And he voted for that bill that we should reduce the amount of money. So he got, he basically got to say whether somebody who is really struggling is going to get less money. And the reason he got to have a say in that is because he wrote Cats. And I can't explain to you in any more starker way how messed up our system is. And so I agree it's fucked, but we also have our problems here when it comes to obviously the wrong people, um, you know, 
getting yeah. elected and everything else. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. would actually rather have Andrew Lloyd Webber as our president <laughs> than Donald Trump. Like for, as a musical theater fan, and, and I'm not even such a big Andrew Lloyd Webber fan, but like yeah. I would a hundred percent rather have to look at <laughs> Oz from the wizard of Oz, you know, the wizard himself. Right. Um, than the orange person who we have to look at, but, um, but you film this before quarantine, obviously. No, we're doing oh, it week after. by week. We're doing it week by week. Live. So it's it's all topical stuff, yeah. So it's <gasps> we, we film on the Friday episode, um, films on Friday morning UK time, and then is available at 1 p.m. US time. Oh, my God, time. amazing. But because we filmed so early in the morning, there was never supposed to be a studio audience because you're just thinking, you know, yeah. the kind of people that would turn up to a TV recording at 6 a.m. are not necessarily like people on the back end of a Coke binge are not the ideal comedy audience, you know? No, no, so no. we, there was I, never I've done plan. morning TV. It's a lot of women in like Tito Jackson hats <laughs> and vests. <laughs> If if a woman if you're 60 and up and you own a vest you will be in the audience of the morning show. There's that's very much on point. A bell bottom jean. There's like a real energy of I know exactly what you mean. And they don't love me either, Nash. No. If it makes any difference, we They're just not we huge thought fans. it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a great vibe. So but that was never yeah. so obviously then when we went into lockdown there was this sort of scramble around to see what what was going to be legally okay and. We've nice. got a kind of, we just have a very like skeleton crew in the studio and everybody wears masks and everybody keeps two meters away from each other. And we're all getting COVID it's tested tough. every week. It's, it's really, tough. really tough. Yeah, doing. I, I shot my is. first stuff last week on camera in studios and it felt really weird. And I actually felt for the most for the hair and makeup people. Yeah. Who, half of them I didn't. Well, the, the funniest thing, I already am bad with faces and names. Yeah. Now put a whole hazmat suit on and I'm like, <laughs> who are you? I don't know who the fuck you are. And everybody was like, Mish, it's me. But it's you're looking at, you know, uh, like an alien, basically. Yeah, you know, yeah. I didn't recognize anyone. And it's boiling hot and they have to work and like make you pretty in these awful circumstances. It just it, it sucks. Like it it doesn't feel part of what's fun about being a performer, as you know, yeah. is like having that audience, having attention, yeah. feeling the vibe of the room and like, and be, and yeah. feeding off of that, you know? And when everyone is like terrified, they're going to die. I mean, yeah. literally everyone in that studio is like, don't fucking breathe on me. I mean, yeah, yeah. no one is like relaxed or fun. Everyone is like, we just want to work. We want to get paid. Yeah. Let's make some television. And so my experiences are fine, but it just, it didn't feel the same. We, the, 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 the thing I would I would say, yeah, I definitely agree with you that obviously it's missing a huge element of what makes those kind of things fun. But yeah. the general atmosphere of relief that people have jobs, like we we're all oh, yeah. we're all sort of hyper aware that when we're doing it every week. And I also think what helps us is it's largely the same crew um every week. And so I think everybody's like getting comfortable with each other. And I think that that's, that really helps everyone's enjoyment of it because everyone feels a bit more like you, what you don't want is a rogue element. You don't want a rogue, you know, a mask wearer where the nose is exposed. You don't want somebody. I, yeah, I, yell, at the nose, I yell at those people. I yell at the people who have noses out. I go, I got into a fight with a woman. I don't know if I told the story on the podcast, but I got into a fight with a woman at a store, like an H and M, but like yeah. related who had her mask down every time she talked. And I said, I was sitting next to her. I go, just please cover. She like took the whole thing off. I go, please, I'm begging you to put your mask on. And she had horrible teeth. And she goes, it's, she was Russian. She was like, it's okay. I'm a doctor. I can do it. Like clearly lying. And then I went into full, I have like a Jekyll and Hyde, like Hulk persona that exists sure. within me. And I fully hulked out. And I, I think I told her, do yourself 
a favor and cover the teeth. Like do yourself. It's helping you. I said, help you, help you cover the teeth. And then she got pissed, obviously. And I was buying soap. She was like, oh, buying soap. And I'm like, yeah, you soap. Good one. You got me. And then on the way out, I timed it just so I was like by the door because I didn't want to have her like shut anything back. And I went, see a dentist. I mean, I was just in my own head. I'm going to get shot in the face is the whole problem. Like I love I like fighting with the maskless because I think it's the most selfish piece of shit thing you can do. It's just such a but I guess one of the things that I think as a problem in both countries is that the leaderships of both countries have sent out some pretty wildly mixed messages about mask wearing. And I think some of what you're seeing in the street is like, that's the sort of consequence of bad policy or in some cases, no policy. None. You know, we had Governor Cuomo here in New York, who I don't know if he became a celebrity on your end. Well, yeah. Uh, well, we were like, I was obsessed for a long time. And he was every day giving us these, you know, uh, press conferences. He looked like an old boxer, yeah. which I loved. And he was like really telling people. And he just has checked out. He wrote a book, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, with no one there telling us, we are dumb yeah. animals. Like, we need somebody saying, do this. Otherwise, no one's going to do it. But also, that is, again, the advantage of your, like, screwy federal system where the states have so much power. But it was good in this instance because it did mean that on a sort of federalized level, governors were able to go, okay, the president has just given up. Yeah, that's we, true. We can do some state stuff to, you know, we can bring in state lockdowns. And, you know, that it's, that there, there, there were definitely, there were definitely some advantages to your federalized system. See, why I liked Cuomo there, and I'm speaking out of turn, but I'll say it, is that it's very obvious that Trump has like mob ties, whether they be <laughs> Russian mob or like there's just mob energy going on there. And I feel like Cuomo, whether he likes me saying this or not, definitely does too. So it does feel like in this sort of dick waving war, there is some strength. Yeah, I don't know yeah, if the mob yeah. even exists anymore. I'm sure they do. But like, you know, there's some sort of machismo going on there that I do yeah. think threatens Trump in a way that most men don't. You know what I, I mean? I, I would say if you don't want people to accuse you of having mob ties, you yeah. should definitely surround yourself with fewer people that ended up being indicted for crimes. It's like fair, Trump, fair, like yeah. Trump's yeah. inner circle. <laughs> it's almost like a badge of honor to not have been indicted at this no, point. No, and they have like their b- birth names are like Joey the Nose. I'm like, huh? <laughs> That's on your birth certificate. What? <laughs> Wait, Nishi, before you go, can I do a quick advice moment with you? Yeah, I know that we've been here for such a long time and I really no, no. thank you so much for doing the show. No problem. Thank you for having me. So this is our producer Tracy found this um advice question. It's a couple fr- a couple months ago on two months ago from Reddit. Now yeah. I don't like Reddit because I'm not in a militia. Yeah, sure. but okay. So the headline is my girlfriend who's 25 repeatedly insists that I redo my proposal over and over. Now you are, are you married or you're still dating? No, I'm, Not married. I'm married. And no pressure to get married. I'm just saying perhaps this will speak to you because you are, you know, maybe on the verge seven years. <laughs> I don't know her. I'm sure she's awesome, but okay. I proposed to my girlfriend in late 2019 after t- only two years together Nish. Wow. Now that I think back on it, it wasn't the most well thought out or planned. It was mostly spontaneous. It came as we were lying in bed together. So I didn't even have a ring at the time. I'm going to okay. stop to say, I think that's very sweet. I think that's nice. Yeah. I think that's nice. See, this is when I'm like, I'm single. A guy could literally propose to me having come out of the shit sewer from Shawshank with no <laughs> ring and rain showering. And I'd be like on my knees, shitty knees being like, yes, babe, anything. For you. So like 
these women, like, do you think that your girlfriend would set up, she'd want like a big thing? I can't no, imagine. No, absolutely not. No, she would absolutely, she would hate that. But also I think that that's like, I think that that's like, I feel that that's a weird thing. I think that that is an odd thing. Like an thing American to, thing? Or no? Not an American thing. No, no, because it definitely happens here as well. But I definitely feel like the sort of, having video evidence of your proposal feels like an odd why do you want who do you want it. to what i you know i've seen drone footage that's like gone viral on instagram and i'm like i wish it was like a, an obama drone that could like blow him away <laughs> like why is it just that shitty best buy drone like give me a good drone because i don't feel like watching this anymore like slow motion on the knees i don't know it's oh my anyway. god so it goes, I mean, I, I know where you're going to go with this. I'll fast forward. So he shopped for the ring. He said, candles up. Okay, ready? She comes home one day and he asks her again. She loved the ring. That's nice. Right. I didn't Positive. expect that. Well done. Didn't expect that. She appreciated the effort, but what she meant by elaborate was something original she could tell our kids about one day. This is already, Why? this is a red flag from the old country. Get out now is my opinion on this already. Don't you think? Yeah, the show How I Met Your Mother has a lot to answer for. You know, I could never get into that show. And I know that I'm, I, I just, it did not speak no, to me. I just think it's, well, I think it seems to have caused a lot of problems, but some, some, some really, some idiots. real thick, some real thick eyes. Wait, this guy got it. a five-star hotel photographer and an opera quartet. I would actually, those are grounds for divorce. He asked her to marry me. She said, yes, thought all was well. And then she said, now wasn't the right time because of COVID. No, this girl is fucking with his mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's actually like a diabolical is, genius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've now come around. <laughs> I've come full circle and I respect her. Yeah, I like her too. Yeah, now, I'm like, now, Wait, that's- now, now I like her. <laughs> she's sort of amazing she said then he said last week i bought the bullet again that's past sense of bite yeah bit but the bullet good night i've been up since six so how many times has this guy proposed this is i think the fifth time he cooked her a homemade meal i'm thinking chili don't ask me why asked her if she'd like to be my wife she said uh she was like are you trying to propose and she said i she can't wait to marry him but not quite the proposal she needed i mean sorry this bitch is funny this is like this I love her. Oh She's yeah. a hero. I'm a big I'm a big fan of her. I would say that you probably don't need to marry her because this is like this is like the Chinese government celebration because it is a billion red flags. This is wow. red flag on red flag on red flag. By the way, what an amazing analogy. And also, can we talk about I'm still not over the Beijing Olympics, Nish. <laughs> that opening ceremony with the drums and how they just car- they have like um trapdoors for anyone who missed a beat was like down the chute. <laughs> I can't get over how stunning that was. One last question. Why was Seinfeld never hit in England? Uh, it, I think it didn't. It aired at a weird time. It used to be on BBC Two at midnight. So I, I was a very big fan. I was and remain a very big fan of the show. So okay. I used to set my VHS recorder to record Seinfeld. But it wasn't like friend. All those, all everything else... The other big sitcoms in the 90s, 80s and 90s. So like Cheers, um, There's Frasier, Everybody in England Friends. loves Frasier. Yeah, Frasier yeah, yeah. is literally everywhere. But it used to be, it used to be on primetime. And that, those shows were all on at primetime. And so, and they got massive. Whereas Seinfeld didn't, aired at an odd time. So it, it was, it, it was a real like, it's funny because it was so massive in the States. It's hard to explain to people. Like it was like the sort of comedy nerds 
show. Yes, I get for a, it. For a long time. It was a thing that like British comedy nerds would sort of, in a way that, um, you know, sometimes I talk to American comedy nerds who are like fans of like Toast of London, which always is, is incredible to me. And like at these really, what I think of as being like very, very intrinsically British shows like Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. and Which I love co- that show. I don't know Amazing. Toast of London. And to- I feel so Toast of London is Matt Berry's show, who Matt Berry is- uh, I know um, from Mighty Boosh. And yeah, uh, that's no, he right. he was on Garth Marenghi. Yeah, 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 he was in, so, so, but there's like, I'm always amazed when I hear Americans like into those shows, but the R equivalent of that for a long time was stuff like Seinfeld. And so they didn't, for some reason, they didn't air them. Even the, so the American remake of The Office, I would say has only in the last like five or six years become really massive here because here it aired, they aired the first series and everyone was very much like, Fuck no way, show, absolutely, sure. yeah, oh absolutely my God. no. It's like, imagine That's if British cool. people redid Seinfeld. First of all, that would be, I'll say it, anti-Semitic. <laughs> but also... <laughs> I'll be but, allow me, but also, uh, yeah, I can't imagine. I, I actually am surprised that the show was even a hit in England, the but, American office. But now, but that now, the, but I think because enough time has passed. Also, people did, you know, because I really love, I really like the American office. I, I, can't, I was so hostile to it, its existence, and then once I, I once I started watching, because I'd loved Steve, you know, I. Like love Steve Carell and oh, you know, he's Virgin and all that stuff. I, I was I, I was I gave it a chance maybe that lots of other people didn't. So the, the, for a long time people didn't really watch it. But again, it was largely because and you're, you're never sure who makes these decisions. But it just was something that didn't really like it. Didn't they didn't put it on at a prime time? Whereas when I was a kid, Friends was huge. Oh. Friends and Frasier were like that was like Friday night channel. Channel 4, which is when I was yeah, growing up, one of our four main channels. Channel 4 used to show like Friends and Frasier on a on a Friday night. I catch up on all my old Frasiers when I'm in London. I'm like, yeah. oh, Frasier. <laughs> like it's the only time I will watch Frasier is in an English hotel room. <laughs> By the way, I had such a wonderful time with you. Thank you seriously for doing this podcast. It's lovely it's to speak to you. So fun. Uh, Nish Kumar, watch him on Hello America. It's on Quibi. Uh, I know Quibi has a free trial. If you um, haven't already downloaded it, yeah. do it. Plus, it's like, what is it, like five bucks? Come on. Yeah. You know, I shame people into subscribing to things. It's five dollars, <laughs> you cheap fuck. Get it. Hello America. It's out twice a week. And follow him on Insta and uh, Twitter. You're an English, a verified English celebrity at Mr. <laughs> Nish Kumar. Um I really, yeah, I'm excited that people got to hear you and, and um, it was such a pleasure. And thank you I again. Thank you for having me, Michelle. Always a pleasure. And I'll talk to you soon. Thank and that's, you our, that's our show, care. Midnight Snack. Bye, Nish. Bye. Thank you. I'm Michelle Collins, Midnight Snack. Follow me at Mishkoll, M-I-C-H-C-O-L-L. It is just me looking at my eyeliner in the Zoom right now. And I got to say, did a beautiful job today. So on that note, I will let you go. We'll see you next week. Bye, guys. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook. 
Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger. Feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. And that's the episode. We hope you loved it. Again, if you want to hear this show every single day, go to www.patreon.com slash mishcall, M-I-C-H-C-O-L-L. You can also follow me on Instagram, X, TikTok, all the things. Mishkal, M-I-C-H-C-O-L-L. I'm running myself into the ground for content and I want you to be a part of it. So we'll see you over there. And thanks again for joining us. Bye, guys.